0: Welcome back to another episode of the Health Voyagers podcast series. Uh, your host today, Brian Rothstein. Uh, my partner in crime uh, has a, a business trip that he's on right now, but we're looking forward to seeing David back with us sometime soon. Today, I am really excited to welcome a new guest who's been here before, um, uh, a special someone who came to work with us. Uh, we're very, very fortunate to have him on the team, Mr. Brandon Cornuke, um, who joined us four months ago. Brandon, welcome thank you so much. Great to be here. It's really great to have you back on the podcast. Um, I don't remember what episode Brandon was on. We can look back through and we'll put it in the notes if you want to listen to his last podcast. He joined us when he was still uh, at Magnet uh, and talked to us a lot about kind of driving innovation in a creative and thoughtful way. Uh, And Brandon's now with us on our team. So we're really excited to have him here. Brandon, just for our listeners, give a recap, just a little bit about your background, where you came from and where you are right now.
1: Sure. Uh, so quickly uh, started my career in consulting, um, did a bunch of information tech consulting uh, early on, went to business school while I was there, started a business, um, got my feet wet in entrepreneurship doing that. Uh, eventually sold that off, moved on, uh, went to a couple different corporate roles, uh, mostly in either running businesses or innovation. Um, was both at Target, I was at American Greetings later, um, and found my way to Magnet, as you mentioned. Magnet Magnet is Northeast Ohio's um, economic development engine for manufacturing. If you want to think about it that way, they do talent development, they do innovation, um, they do uh, they do transformation stuff, engineering. Spent five, just over five years with them. Building their innovation capability, building an accelerator or incubator somewhere in between for them um, for a while, as well as building a lot of the strategy that goes into their innovation uh, efforts today. During that time, I actually worked with UH Ventures. Uh, through the pandemic, primarily, we helped develop a, a network of manufacturing capabilities that uh, delivered PPE to hospitals, to UH and, and around the the, the state, um, and got really engaged in what you guys were up to even more so i mean i've known known david for for years but um understanding not just the mission of uh ventures but the culture on the team how you go about interacting with people um it was really clear that if i ever had to work or had an opportunity to work work with the team again i i would jump at it and when uh when David and team approached me about this new opportunity. I was I was all ears uh, and uh, and was exceedingly excited to join the team when I when I did this December. Well,
0: we're really excited to have you here, and I think also, and I, we just looked it up. Uh, a PC over here, our, our uh, producer extraordinaire uh, shared with me. It's episode number thirty one. So if you want to go back and listen to preventures, ventures, Brandon, uh, you can mm. probably get some other insights there. Mm. And now we're post ventures. It's like BCE, right. you know, and now you know BCE. one of those things. Um, Um, You know, I'm in the Wexner Heritage Program, so I'm learning all about the history uh, of our peoples. So it's all good. All the peoples, not just our peoples, all the peoples, all the peoples. 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 Um, When you came to us... we had a really unique opportunity um, to kind of implant you within our office of clinical transformation. Uh, now, our listeners know that we are the innovation, commercialization, and investment platform for the university hospital's health system. But I think sometimes we're remiss in that we don't talk about our health system more globally and the things that we do that are not specifically related to just patient care. And so we have a lot of different facets of our healthcare system. Some of them are very patient-facing. Some of them are very community-facing. Some of them kind of bridge that gap. And I would argue that the Office of Clinical Transformation is an office that is trying to bridge that gap between how do we direct and deliver care in an efficient manner, but also how do we drive impact for our whole community. So I'd love, Brandon, could you share in your own words what you've gathered
1: over the last four months and how you would describe what the Office of Clinical transformation is all about? That's a great question. Um, so the opportunity uh, that Ventures brought me was, exactly as you're describing, to connect the Ventures engine, all the commercialization, innovation, investment activities, to the work of transforming the hospital system, both current processes as well as the kind of the population health they call it the the bigger picture around helping engage the total community how do we harness all of that great work adventures is doing all that it's learned over the years to help turn good ideas into value and connect it with all this activity within clinical transformation i when they posed this problem this question to me i Jumped at the chance. Could not imagine a better way to take the next step in my career because, in in part, uh, I am obsessed with great problems. I, I, if you go back and listen to the last podcast, you'll you'll hear me talking about problems. Pro bigger, the scarier the problem, the better because that's where great innovation happens. And and boy, is transforming healthcare the mother of all problems. Um, and number two. I felt like moving toward healthcare in general, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, manufacturing is wonderful. I've been in retail, I've been in all sorts of other sectors. Healthcare was not a sector I'd experienced enough of, and I believe- that the next great wave of innovation will actually come through in healthcare. We've seen it in information tech, we've seen some manufacturing stuff, but I think healthcare and what we're going to be able to do to people's health, well-being, health span, lifespan stuff will be incredible. Those two trends combined uh, were just amazing to me. So so to answer your question more directly, um, what does it mean to connect the hospital to the this, this engine of ventures? Um, it means gathering and organizing all of these opportunities, all of these problems, lining them up, coalescing them, reworking them into something that the hospital can understand and prioritize, and then plug it into all the amazing features that Ventures has to start attacking the highest value problems. We're calling them high value problems, attacking those in a priority order so that we can really start to make big changes.
0: What has been the most daunting aspect
1: of your introduction to healthcare so far? (laughs) Uh, I I don't know if I can choose one. So maybe I'm just going (laughs) to rapid fire them for you. Okay. Um, One is the, the, obviously the vocabulary to start. It's just a new language. So I'm learning a new language. Like what is, what are these terminology around everything from the logistics of the hospital to the care conditions and all of the various um, ways that we talk about Giving people care and the conditions they have. I mean, just the vocabulary alone is the sheer number of people to get to know. The, the I, I could not believe believe how many chiefs there are, like chief of this and chief of that. just. It's unbelievable the thirty plus thousand people and all the amazing work they're doing. Um, on top of that, as I said, that because hosp- healthcare is in incredibly complicated from the payer side of the equation all the way to the bedside it just understanding those interactions is is going to take truly a lifetime to understand them so to try and drink all of that fire hose in one gulp or four months in is is impossible so it, it just the the learning involved um, and on top of that I think these are these are some people call these intractable problems the things we're trying to solve you know you will run into people who are like yeah we've tried that This is the 11th time we've tried that, right? Um, For a person like me, I absolutely love that. That means we've learned 11 times how things didn't work. Um, But to folks inside a hospital system or inside any system um, that have seen us try and and anybody try and work problems through and get kind of jaded, it can be a little a little intimidating to to, to soften that hardened shell of, well, we can't do it. Uh, We're never going to be able to do it. So I'm energized by those things, but they're all, they're all. There's a lot there to to uh, to absorb when you first join.
0: Yeah, and I imagine that there's a lot of the well, we've always done it this way too. When you have those conversations, which I think is one of the more exciting aspects of the work that we do around culture uh, and our desire to continue to um, create a culture of innovation, both locally as well as regionally and within our system and, and driving people who have struggled 11 times to solve a problem and haven't come up with the right answer, I think sometimes they get into the mindset of the, well, I just can't fix the problem. And what's so exciting to have someone like you who has such a unique background and, and unique experience and working in many different um, regions of, of business influence, I will call them, because it's not just necessarily about what did you do for your job when you had a business that you sold what did you do for Target? What did you do for American Greetings? It's the fact that each of those industries represent unique challenges and opportunities. And I think that what we need in healthcare today are more people who are motivated altruistically, just like the person who said they wanted to be a doctor from the time they were two years of age, right? So, some people who have tremendous experience in other industries helping put the lens on healthcare. Because our healthcare system is broken in this country. Uh, and we have so much to do that we have to start somewhere. And I don't think that there's any one first right place to start. But taking people who have experience and perspective and plopping them in the middle of problem soup here at university hospitals, I think, is the way to, to start to disrupt and, and make
1: some changes. No doubt. I, um, if, you, if you go back and listen to the, um, to the, the last podcast podcast. You'll hear me talking about um, organizing problems and making it simple for people to understand. This is this is what I've done for most of my career. It's also what I do as an adjunct professor of, of design and innovation at Case um, with students. I've done that for uh, for seven years now. The, the the idea of breaking down problems into simple, understandable aspects. Action steps that gets people excited, and I love inspiring people with it. Right to break down and, I, and, and a problem into something that is is manageable. It's something that looked intimidating. It's intractable. We've always done it this way. Um, breaking things down into manageable pieces, and then attacking the things that matter most, really exciting. And I will say, I, I won't uh as a, as a system has not been a torrent of no. They haven't been a torrent of of a. You know we've done it before I I call it a corporate antibody right people who are just out there looking for ideas to kill because they all look dangerous sometimes that's a good thing but sometimes it can be a bad thing it, they just there aren't a lot of them here there's the right healthy amount um, but there's a welcoming attitude around new ideas and and ways to, to inspire that that I am was a prerequisite for me joining a team to try and attack these big challenges.
0: Well, I would appreciate that perspective. And we are, I mean, we have an unbelievable, greater than a hundred year history of innovation here. We were recently you know, recognized by Forbes as being one of the top in the innovation kind of accelerators uh, in the country from a healthcare perspective, which is really exciting. One of the things that we talked about in your last podcast was we were um, preempting the release of a little piece of literature that you put together. Um, and that little piece of literature uh, has really actually become a core tenant Of the work that we do with our own innovators and people who come to us with new ideas for products. Give us a little snippet, just a little bit. I know we could spend two podcasts on the book, but just a little bit of where the book is today, meaning how you're feeling about it, number one, and number two, how you've taken the core premise of that book and introduced it to innovation culture here at UH.
1: Great. Uh, I'll do that. So it's called The Value Proposition Matrix, Um, it's a book to help innovators better articulate the value they're creating and find the critical assumptions in any value proposition hypothesis. That's what it's, it's for. It's really simple. It's really thin. Um, how am I feeling about the way the book is right now? I, great. The fact that I got it out there, right? <laughs> Writing a book is, is, it, is Herculean. I would not recommend it to anyone. You got it. It's you if you're going to write a book it's just because you got to get it out of your soul, right? Um and so it's out of my soul, now it's out in the world and um I hear from folks all the time. I actually got an email just this morning um from a former colleague that said that book is really helping a client understand how to make progress, finally understanding the value they're creating where they were making guesses and where they were missing the boat when it comes to describing their value. And that is incredibly gratifying. Um, this is not going to be a New York Times bestseller, right? It's just not, it wasn't designed for that. It's designed for my students. It's designed for my clients. It's designed for my colleagues. It's designed as a way to help us organize our vocabulary so that we can help establish a good understanding of, of value and assumptions. And uh, and from that perspective, I'm, I'm thrilled. Well, you
0: know, this podcast is so well listened to. There is just a small chance that now just saying the words of the title of the book, New York Times, here we come. Go. Just saying, just get it. Just saying. Just saying. And so, based upon that, you know, our Foyer Accelerator, which uh, was, you know, created uh, with a generous gift from Mike and Ellen Foyer uh, to really help kind of cultivate the greatest ideas from within our large healthcare system, we've leveraged your book and the tools in your books to help the winners as they think about their products. Um, Tell them. Tell me a little bit, and tell our listeners a little bit about what that's been like for you to see to see the words in action with with innovators on the front lines of healthcare. Yeah, it's
1: really exciting. Uh, I've I've seen these frameworks in, as I said, educational settings, corporate settings, manufacturing environments, um, but in healthcare, it has a it has a special power. Uh, I, I I I should have mentioned in addition to kind of the wonderful culture and the team and the opportunity uh, in terms of problem solving, the the fact that we can get to a place where or I can work in a place where we are helping people actually get better is amazing, right? Uh, oftentimes in other industries, you're like, well, you know, we're not really saving lives. Well, in this one you can't really say that without, you know, without knowing for sure that there's there's some real, real implications to it. And so seeing those ideas help health help healthcare heroes. Think about what it might mean to create value in a new way and change someone's experience in their life. And we're, we're working on a, um, a product right now. Uh, I won't go into detail about. it. I'll just say that that it, it it has the potential to to alleviate a great deal of pain and fear in a in a very intense surgical process. And and I am on fire to help that product happen and to do it well and to do it fast and to do it innovatively. And I am. I am really excited about seeing those tools help that that journey take place. It's always up to the innovator. It's always I, I always say, you know, I'm I I am support of I'm in service of innovators, and the the tools I, I've developed are really only in service of them and their efforts. So uh, that's who I'm, I'm really I, I admire and I am in awe of is, is the innovators who are working to make make life better for for people every day. That's exciting, and it's it's
0: just fun to you know as the as the clinician on our team. It's really fun to see how people get so excited about um, changing care delivery. You know, and that is not a single member of our team that doesn't feel that way. We all have our roles, everyone has their responsibilities, but everybody is very, very focused on the fact that they work at a healthcare system uh, and that the work that we do has impact on people, uh, which is exciting. Um, just taking a look at the clock here, you know, we only have a couple minutes left for our, our conversation. There's a couple things that I wanted to get to. There's a little new spin on on the world that I've brought to our podcast over the last couple episodes, which is you know, putting you on the spot and asking you really, really easy questions question, which is the, tell me one innovation that you want to see come to life in healthcare this year. This year? This year.
1: Oh my goodness. Uh, you know what? Can I, um, I'm wondering what, how much I can say about this year. I mean, we're working on things that I don't necessarily want to disclose. So how close to the bone can I get on some of these I
0: think you can be things. as um, as open as you'd like to be in, in terms of the fact that what I'm trying to provoke is to be able to have a dialogue that we can listen back when we get to the end of 2023 and we can see what every single one of our guests had to say. And I'd love to see, did we see one of those things happen?
1: Okay. I, I So I'm going to, I'm going to go back to the one I just mentioned. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to give a little bit more detail yeah. without, without getting too close. Um, we are working on a, um, a product that is meant to help people who are going through surgical transition and being given a, phallus, a new phallus, right? This is an incredibly intense procedure. It is dangerous. It is painful. It is scary. It is important for people, extremely important. And the product that we're developing is to help post-surgical recovery um, because the, the number of complications associated with this surgery are immense. And we believe this product can not only help alleviate some of those complications, but also alleviate a tremendous amount of pain and fear. It's not a complicated product. It's actually incredibly intuitive. A very bright uh, innovator, a nurse who sees these surgeries all the time, came up with the idea but it's going to be just a few steps between where we are and to actually get that on into the hands of caregivers who can help patients. And I want to see that done this year because every single one of these surgeries that happens, someone is in pain. Someone is feeling fear that I don't, I believe they don't have to. And I want to see that happen. not just this by the end of this year, I want to see it sooner than that. So let's hope it happens. that's awesome. That was the most concrete and tangible ask so far, which hopefully we can accomplish that. That'd be amazing. Um, you like to play golf. I do. Why do you like to play golf so much? I guess an addiction that grabbed me and like dragged me away. Um, You know, that is, we do not have enough time for this question. I'm I'm, I'm looking back to uh, briefly. I will just say that um, it is a wonderful metaphor for life. Uh, It teaches me about myself all the time. Um, There is, it's just incredible to be outside, to be walking, to share, to be moving around, to be with other people. And, uh, and there is just nothing better than hitting a pure golf shot. It just, just, th-
0: I can't disagree. Um, I have to ask though, before I get to the, the important topic that Patricia is reminding me about, everybody has their arch nemesis club in their bag, which is yours. I can't pick all my irons. No, I can't pick, pick all one. of them. Got to pick one.
1: Um, I routinely leave my three wood at home in the. What I call the doghouse okay. because it misbehaves constantly, yeah. can't get it right. So right. there you
0: go. My, mine is a four iron. The three and the five are lovely. The four just doesn't exist. I just, I don't know why. It just doesn't work for me. Um, probably because I don't play enough golf, but you know, I admire that things. you can
1: tackle four irons. You know? I'm like, I stop at five. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Tell us. We know that you're a profound and prolific reader and listener of podcasts and listener of audiobooks. What are a couple that you're uh, on your schedule that you've listened to recently that you want the
1: listeners to know about? Man, you know, I am I love to um, I love to to sample a lot of different podcasts. Currently, I'm kind of going down this, um, and maybe it's because I just joined a hospital system. There's a lot of conversation about wellness and about being well. UH does a tremendous job supporting our our wellness as as whole people. So I've gotten really interested in this world, um, and I'm going down some health and nutrition and wellness podcast. There's one called The Drive uh, by uh, Peter Atiyah, who's a a pretty well-known physician, Um, and it is extremely detailed. And there is an awful lot of medical terms that I'm constantly wanting to call Brian up and say, oh my God, what is this? Um, But it's those sorts of things that i'm i'm diving into in my in my current um in my current interest.
0: Awesome. Well, we are coming close to time because we know that you have a meeting that you have to get to and we're appreciative of your time today. Um thank you all as always for joining us on the Health Voyager podcast series. Um please don't hesitate to check us out on LinkedIn. Um you can also check us out at uhventures.org. We just learned that we have another way of getting to our website which is very exciting. Um Brandon, thank you so much for joining us today folks come back to us next month we'll be back again and i'm really hopeful that david will be able to join us uh, as much fun as it is to do one-on-one i really love having uh, his presence his experience and his accent in the room so thank you all again for listening we hope you all have a great day thank you brandon thank you much